Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores on this wonderful September 21st as I'm recording this uh, this uh, little discussion with you regarding, uh, you know, the, really the, the the nuts and bolts of ministry and, and the minister, the man of God, uh, the, this key, this key uh, scripture that Paul drops in 2 Timothy 2.15, you know, uh, to study to show yourself approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And and what we're going to break this down a little bit and show you the, the heart, the passion that needs to uh, really drive the man, of, the man or woman of God uh, towards his word, towards study. Why is study so important? And why is study put there, um, that word study, why is it put there when in when you translate this word study, it doesn't come out to study. The, the, the definition of study is, is the third or the fourth definition that can be used. And they chose to use this here. And, and I believe, I personally believe that they put it there in order to get you to be academic about your approach to your ministry, that studying is very important. You go to Bible school, learn the Word of God correctly, that it is a logical and a reasonable process. The Word of God is logical and reasonable. It's it's reading, it's, it's, it's creating thoughts, it's connecting dots. And, and so there's a discipline to that. There's a system to that. That's why, you know, the, the Bible, the Word of God uh, is in book form because it's written and it has a language. And those are those are both academic and those are those are um, practical things that we have to do. We have to be able to to read and write. And so when we look at this uh, portion here, um, we're going to uh, or really this podcast today, we're going to be looking at passion. We're going to be looking at what's what's on the inner drive of the man of God, that, that Paul writes this, this verse here. So we're going to surround this. We're going to surround this and put some meat and potatoes on the plate regarding um, the a historical look at the passion that has to come in one's heart in order to really, to really do the study, to understand the language, to, to, um, to really exegete and really go through a biblical process and come with a biblical answer and allow the word of God to speak through someone opposed to having an idea and then attaching scriptures on it so that your idea gets glorified and God's word never gets understood. We, we, have, to, we have to start allowing the scriptures, which is the wisdom of God, to speak through us and we become oracles or messengers or carriers of God's message. And so when we look at when we look at today's podcast, I want this to be such an encourager, encouragement to you that if I shift my passions, if I do the work, if I do the work, something great is coming. That there's something driving me to greatness. There's something driving me to categorically be better and to be greater and to expand my horizons. 
And as we look at this today, uh, I want you to just sit back, take the next 35, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, however long it takes, and just listen in to the direction that I feel that the Word of God is leading us and what I feel is so important uh, for the man or the woman of God to stay constantly on fire, to constantly come into seeking the wisdom of God, keep them looking for new ways, searching uh, commentaries. And, and, and theological understandings and hermeneutical uh, processes and making sure that they have all these things down and they rely on them because those are really mundane. And as I've spoken before in many of my podcasts, that, that um, the Word of God uh, or preaching or the, the homiletics, the bringing or the putting together of a sermon is both art and it's also science. You know, the art part of it is the language, the personality, the descriptions, the way we present it. it, it you know, we give, the, we give the message color by, through, by who we are and how we present it to people, you know, and then it's both science scientific. In other words, there's a process in order to prove that our message was done correctly, that we have proper understanding, that we've gone through a hermeneutical process that makes sure that the message I preach is not just good, sounds good to people, but it's good for them. It's healthy. It's strong. It keeps them from, it keeps them from veering off into error, but they can, they can rely on the fact that I've done a good hermeneutical job. It's just like going to a restaurant and sitting back, not worrying about what the cook is putting in your, in your food, because you know, you've been here before you see the food, you've tasted it before. And you know that that chef, or this restaurant has a process that keeps you safe. That's the science. Their science is good. Amen. Their science is good. You know, in front of some of the stores, they have this uh, um, these ratings for uh, cleanliness and 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 um, and staying compliant to safety and health uh, uh, risk. They have a a B a C. Well, nobody wants to go and eat in a D place. You know where they've been rated a D. Why not? Well, because they they don't they have broken systems. They don't care about certain things. Well, we don't want that in our preaching. We want to we want people to come in and sit down and relax and know that they are getting a true word, that they are getting something that they can take home and they can put their lives upon it. They know that you've done a good job because you always, you always have good science behind your, your masterful colors that you put out there and put a pretty picture of the gospel out there. And so this is what we want to, this is what we want to cultivate in you. Yes, the art and the science and all those, and all those um, uh, mechanical processes that produce a good sermon of homiletics and how we present the gospel. But we have to understand that study, study is a system. Study is a system of words. It's a system, it's a system of being able to read and, and um, reason with what the re the writer is really speaking to you and speaking to the people what he said then and what does it mean now we have to be able to articulate this and this causes a system a language system okay we here in america we speak you know primarily we speak english we have a we have a system we go to school we learn to read and write we have a system that teaches the abc's from the abc's then you got your your vowels and your and your consonants and you have your and, and you have your um, you know you you have all your vernacular that, that comes together to produce those are all systems those are all systems you teach kids in systems well same thing with the word of god you have to learn it 
You have to learn the system of the Word of God. And so, because systems connect you to something, systems are small little steps that lead to an end result and bring you to a process, a, a, a fixed product at the end. And so, we want to make sure that, that we give you a, pro, uh, a process and a system to that process that leads you to a good end that will always keep you passionate, will always keep you on fire for God. You know, I, I just turned 61 last week and I've been preaching uh, for 43 years now. And I've never, uh, I'd never lose my desire, my passion to preach the gospel, to be ready instant, instant, in season and out of season, be ready to go, whether people want to hear it or they don't want to hear it. I, I'm, I'm always ready to go. And I, and and I've been that since I was 18. Um, and, and that's been a, a tremendous help to me, but I began this, this, this idea of, of this passion when I, when I began to kind of translate a little bit and I began to start realizing that, you know, the translators, as they look into the original text and they and they start they, they start trying to make the word of God more understandable and more palatable to the masses and the culture nowadays in order to sell more Bibles and, and make it easier for people to read, that they often lose something in that process. They, of, they often cheat the true meaning of what really Timothy was, Paul was trying to tell Timothy regarding the ministry, regarding the word of God. And you'll find this as you go along. Go through some of my other podcasts as I, as I delve into some of the translational issues. But 2 Timothy 2.15 says, says something very interesting, okay? Study to show thyself approved. Now, I got the New King James. Now, and again, some, some of your translations may say, uh, uh, be diligent, you know, be diligent. And that's a very good, that's a very good uh, and a very close translation to to what Paul was really telling him. But, but listen in. He says, to show thyself approved uh, to God, a workman uh, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, now that word, that first word, study, okay, spadazo, you know, that, that word means to speed up. That mean that word means to get active and, and get, and, and don't slow down. It, it means to make your efforts, you know, to work the work, okay, to work the work, you know, because when you work, it works, okay, when you work, it works, and you know, and and you can't, you don't want to be a preacher that looks like they work, but uh, and the people think that you work, but you know you're not working. You know you're not you're not putting the efforts in. You know you're not you don't have the spadazzo. You don't have that diligent effort. You don't have that promptness and that earnest. You 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 don't you don't have a process of study in place, and and you you take your time because you got three more days, so you're gonna relax in the flesh and then stress out in the spirit later. You, you, you don't, you want to break those type of processes. You want to become instant. You want to become constant. You want, you want to become a, what I would call a, a carrier of, of truth at all times. And so when Paul writes to Timothy here, he says, study. Now study is an end result of being uh, disciplined, of being um, prompt, of being earnest, of having an urgency to become diligent. And those are all, again, if you have your Bibles, look at your translations. If they have any one of those words that I've, they're, they're besides study, because study is about the fourth or fifth uh, 
to the last um, translation, but my new, but New King James and, and King James uses the word study. And and again, for what reason would they put that there? Why didn't they put Why didn't they put um, that the uh, the word the word hurry up, be passionate, be on fire all the time? Why didn't they put that there? That will give you the urgency of your ministry. You can't be lazy and be in ministry. You can't be slothful and be in ministry. You have to have effort. You have to have effort. You can't keep just sticking your toe in the water and and telling people that you're swimming. You, You can't do that. Because you'll get exposed sooner or later. So we have to understand that that this, this speeding up towards my call, okay? Why? Because I want God's approval. I want God to approve the work that I'm doing. And so with that idea in mind, I, I hope that's clear as mud for some of you, but I, I want you to realize that we have to have systems in place that will help us, help us, Make sure that we stay on track with how we study so that we don't lose interest in study because study is very important and, and it's part of and it's part of the idea of spadazo, which which means to be diligent, to be urgent, to, to be earnest, to, to be hardworking towards the things of God. So again, let's let's take a good look at, at some of the things I just want to share with you. And my eyes, my eyes ran into um certain scriptures that that kind of lock give you a mental picture give give you a mental picture of what it should look like and um it it, it kind of reminds me it kind of reminds me of um of Isaiah 31 4 and and when I look at the Isaiah 31 4 it's it's a picture Isaiah writes of a of a of something he sees and something he observes and something he knows and something he hears and he says this Isaiah 31 4 He says, for thus the Lord has spoken to me as a lion roars, a young lion over his prey, as a lion roars, our lion roars. And that that is the passion. Listen, that, 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 that word roars is the Hebrew word Hagah. Hagah means Hagah means to growl. You know, have you ever seen have you ever seen a dog? And I got two Yorkies, Tex and Rio, and and my two Yorkies, I'll tell you, man, you give them a bone, okay? You give them a bone, they'll dance and play and they'll jump around for a little while. But then when you give them that bone, they'll both run off to separate parts of the yard. And all of a sudden, all you can hear them is growling over that bone they're they're they are they are savoring the bone they are they are making sounds deep within their stomachs and deep within their souls regarding regarding that bone okay and and this is the idea this is the idea of the lion that he roars or he growls over the prey listen as the young lion over his prey it's the idea of of a kill it's the idea of the satisfaction that you are getting what you finally really want and this is the idea of passion this is the idea of the of the the preacher that wants to study the preacher that wants to that they wants to be spadazo and he wants to be diligent it's the growling of your heart that drives you forward do you growl over the word of God? Do you growl when you when you hear the truth of God's word? A powerful sermon, a powerful message. Amen. 
you know, it also kind of gives you that 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 inner working of of a person that 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 loves God so much, and they love the Word of God so much that they're constantly reading it. And when they find a truth like "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want," they begin to growl. That's a bone of truth that they have a special a, a, a special need in their lives, their personal lives. That all of a sudden, only the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, begins to begins to satisfy that gnawing within their spirit and they growl over the truth. That's the idea of what a man of God should should be experiencing every single day, every single week, that I'm looking for the truth of God's word. And when I find it, I'm going to pounce on it and I'm going to growl over it. Listen to another idea of this of this word passion or this passion for God's word that needs to that needs to be within all Christians but especially the man of God the one that handles the truth of God's word Psalm 63 6 again the same the same ideology is is, is being pulled throughout throughout the Old Testament and New Testament when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Okay. When I remember you in my bed, in other words, when the statues and the laws of God, when you are meditating on God's word, it's the groaning of your soul over the truth that you're contemplating. It's the growling of your spirit that I'm getting what I wanted. This is what my soul longs for. It's the truth of God's word. As you marinate and you, as you marinate yourself, in the thoughts of God's word, his law, his truths. His understanding begins to go through your mouth and go through your mind like, like flavors you can never forget. And you always want those meditative uh, flavors of God within your lives. This is this is that growling of the mind where the mind begins to growl for truth. It begins to growl and grapple with the with the knowledge of God that comes to you. Again, Isaiah Isaiah thirty eight fourteen gives us another another uh, spadazo moment of the growling of one that is passionate towards God's word. Is Isaiah thirty eight fourteen? Listen to this one. It says, "Like a crane or a swallow." So I chattered. In other words, like a little bird, I chirp. And this, again, there has to be a chirping within your spirit. There has to be a chirping within your spirit about God, about the things of God, about the laws of God, about, about the way we approach the word of God. When you stop losing your chirp, when you stop losing your, when you start losing your growl, you become lazy. You become, listen, you become, you become, um, you become uh, what's that? What's that word? Uh, procrastinating about your call. You begin to put it on the back burner. You begin to look to the right, to the left for satisfaction. You be, you get all these. You start getting twisted within regarding your your primary focus, which is spadazo, which is to be diligent, to be urgent, to get to it, to be fast to work. Don't be lazy in ministry. Don't be lazy in your study. Watch what he says here. He says, like a crane or a swallow, I chattered. I mourned like a dove. That word mourned is the same Hebrew word, haga, that is used in, in, um, in Isaiah 31, 4. It's, it's as if Isaiah, Isaiah is constantly putting animals, that, that primal, that primal um, intuitive uh, sound of satisfaction that I found what I got. I, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with, with what I'm eating. I, I, I got the 
truth of God's word and it's driving you to go further and deeper and stay on that bone a little bit longer. Like, I'm telling you, this, this is the passion that should be, that should be um, infectious. It should be infectious. You know, I mean, I, I, I love this. Uh, I mourn like a dove, my eyes falling, fail, not looking upward. Oh, Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Again, this groaning, this, 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 this haga, this, 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 this sound that comes from the depth of the preacher, the one that comes from the depth of the man or woman of God, this growling for truth, this growling for what you've embraced of the word of God. This is the passion that, that one must show. Again, like, like, like my Yorkies are little small little dogs. Boy, but you put a bone in there. You give them a bone and they'll run and you won't be able to find them for a while, but you can hear them working on that bone. See, can, can people hear you working on your studies? Can they hear you working on the Word of God? Can they hear you studying? Can they hear you when you preach that there's a different growl about you? That, that, that's, that's what has to happen. This is what Paul is writing to Timothy regarding. You know, I like, I like the power of, of, um, of the word of God in the book of Psalms, as, as we'll get into there, as, as Psalms 119. I, 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 Tell all the the ministers that I that I mentor that this is mandatory reading Psalms one nineteen the, the the perspectives of the Word of God and 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 the different different views in which uh, certain of the psalmists began to put their thoughts regarding the logos the the Word of God, but th this haga this is you know that that growling see listen. The Bible is very is 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 really tough if you don't growl. If it doesn't lead you to growl, and and again, you can't you can't make somebody say that. I've given books to people all over the nation. You know what? And you know what? Some they just don't growl. They just there's just no growl in them. You know, and 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 sometimes you go, gosh, man, that's such a good book. That that's such a a great book. You know that uh, that man. It'll enrich their lives. It'll strengthen their perspectives. It'll it'll lead them to Christ. They'll see Christ in a grand in a more grandiosous way. It, it, it it's it's an amazing book, but you never hear back from them because it didn't it didn't cause them to growl. There was no growl in their spirit. That's what's difficult about being about training people is that you don't know you don't know if they have a growl in them until they until they come into truth. And they pursue truth, and they allow truth to drive them. You know, I, I just put a post out there that says, you know, when you pursue the truth, stay focused on the truth. You'll stay away from distractions because distractions will destroy you. And we find that all over the, the history of of great men of God that got distracted and they they ended up shipwrecked. And I can go down the list. You can you can just go on YouTube and men, men of God that failed, and 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 you'll have a list of men that have morally failed. And, and why? Because they got distracted. They they lost their growl. They lost their they lost their perspective of why they do what they do. They became people of the 
they became pastors of people instead of pastors. Pastors, men called of God. They forgot that they were men of God. And sometimes it's very easy to do when everybody loves you, everybody likes you, everybody, and, and you begin to play towards the, the platitudes of people. You, you can't do that because you can lose your growl. You can lose perspective. You can lose your haga or your spadaz or your diligence to work because once you start figuring out how to connect dots um, theologically, all of a sudden you feel you don't need to study and learn more, that there's more and more and more to learn. You know, you, you begin to become lazy and your growl and your and your purr for the for the truth of God's word, your hunger and your drive and your desire begins to wane. And so we we can't have that. Okay, because we're 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 commanded, we're commanded to study, to, to be diligent, spadazo, to 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 run after it. Don't be slow. I pre- I spoke at a podcast the was it I think maybe two or three weeks ago where you know you're just too slow. There's a there's a pace to ministry. Okay, you have to have a ministerial pace. How fast is the Lord moving? How fast is the Spirit moving? Well, how are you too slow? Are you not connecting the dots of truths? That's what Jesus. Jesus in Luke chapter 24 told told um, uh, Cleopas and uh, Martha uh, Mary his his aunt when they asked him when they were, he was talking to them about the about the um, about the crucifixion and and Jesus just laid into him he says you're slow of heart and you're slow of heart you know that that word slow of heart means that that you you are not on pace with the revelation you haven't followed the teachings you you missed a few lessons along the way. You're just too slow. And there's a pace to ministry so that you don't lose your growl. You have to stay on top of things. You have to stay on top of what the Lord is saying. And so today I want to encourage you to check the level of your growl. Check the level of of your passion towards your call and doing what God has called you to do. I like Psalms 119, uh, 9 through 16. This is just a little bit of reading, but I want you to get the idea of what we're talking about. How can a young man cleanse his ways? Again, when you start talking about truth that transforms, here it is. Truth that transforms, okay? Truth that transforms is very important. How can a young man cleanse his ways? We're dealing with a generation that's always asking, how can I How can I clean myself? Listen, it's transformation. It's right here in the Word of God. By taking heed to the Word of God. What does that mean? Stopping and growling over the truths of the righteousness and the holiness of God, in which no man will see God. Without holiness, no man will see God. That, that's what the good book says. Amen. He says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your your commandments. Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. This is the hiding of the bone. This is what the little dogs do when they hide the bone somewhere and they dig it up constantly. They hide the word of God within them. They hide it there. Why? Because they know what, what bone they're growling for. They know whenever they need it, they can get it. Why? Because they know where it's hid. So you got to know where the word of God is hid. You got to know how to pull up and recall the hidden truths of God's word, the things that you know to be true. Amen. The scriptures that will hold you when everybody else leaves you. It's the things that you've growled over. Amen. And it says this, 
that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all the riches, I will meditate on your precepts. Again, it's talking about the mental growl. It talks about the mental growl. It talks about you're hiding the word of God in your heart. Know where the word of God is hidden in you. But now here's the mental growling. Now you're going to mentally growl. You're going to regurgitate the truths. You're going to rethink what you just thought. You're going to rethink what he just said. You're going to question and have questions about the scriptures and the text. You're going to begin to marinate and begin to grow in the knowledge of God. That's what meditation does. It says, I delight myself in your statues. I will never forget your word. I, I, I love that. I will never forget your word. See, you'll never forget where you had an experience. You'll never forget the truths that you discover. You'll never forget where you placed the bone that made you growl and brought a dimensional shift and a change in your spirit. You'll never forget those things. I like I like this, I, this idea of revive. <coughs> You know, uh, this this idea that, they, that, that this growling and this revival to hunger, you know, revival to hunger. Psalms uh, 119 um, verse 25, right? It says this, my soul clings to the dust. Okay. In other words, it sticks to the roof of my mouth. Okay, but revive me to your word. Revive me according to your word. Again, it's that hunger. This is a, it's the a rejuvenating of a hunger, of a growl. Reestablish my growl. Reestablish, reestablish my, my, my growl according to your word. Why? Because your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. The word of God, I will meditate on your word. It's the heart and the mind working together, producing a passion for the call that God has placed upon you. You have to be diligent in the day that you're in. Uh, technology and and this culture and the educational system is way out there. And it's moving fast. They, they're, they're bringing all kinds of crazy things upon the children. They're bringing all kinds of crazy things upon the college level uh, of education. Things that don't even reason with, with scientific evidence, but they're teaching them as truths. This is why you have to know the truth of the word of God. You have to understand that many of them need a revival to the truth. And sometimes we as preachers, we need a revival to the truth also. We need ourselves to, to, we need ourselves to be refreshed and revived according to the word of God. Revival comes first to the word of God. Recommit, rededicate, rediligent yourself, if I, if you will, to the word of God. Growl over those basic truths that Jesus loves me. Yes, I know, for the Bible tells me so. Or that the precious Holy Spirit, the anointing is fresh upon you. Let me, let me walk in the power that those truths that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those truths that, that make you growl when the night is cold and, and nobody's around and you need comfort for your soul. That the Spirit of God is the one that you call upon because you growl. You call upon the name of the Lord and he hears you and delivers you from all your distresses. This is, this is a, 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 I pray an encouraging word 
for the preacher to relight the fire in themselves, to take a look at their, their passion towards what God has called them to do, to take a good look at their passion towards the Word of God, which empowers them, informs them, instructs them, corrects them, guides them, you know, uh, and God, them, us, Amen. Because we're all we're never above being reproved and, and changed and, and shaped and, and and managed by the word of God. I like verse 25 of the same chapter. He says, My soul clings to the dust. Okay, I read that already. L- listen to verse 89 of Psalms 119. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to gen to all the generations. You establish it here and it abides forever. What what I I love about this idea of of the faithfulness of God and his word. That's what we revive to. Revive me to how good you are. Revive me to how faithful you are. Let my soul meditate on that. Let my spirit growl like that little dog in the bone, like a lion over his prey, over the bird that chirps and makes that sound over the truths of your word. The entrance of your word, verse one, chapter, uh, uh, verse one hundred and thirty says, "The entrance of your word brings light, brings meta. It, it, it. The word meta, mata, really. It, it, it means disclosure, disclosure. See, this is this is in, this is extremely important for the man of God to have disclosure that the word of God is disclosed to them. It's not closed; it's disclosed. It opens up. You know, let the entrance of the word." It'll, it'll open everything up for you. It'll open up everything for me. I found that to be so true, so real. Psalms, Psalms 33, 9, 33, 9, as, as, as we begin to kind of walk through this process of growling, the progression of understanding, you know, Genesis 33, 9, right? Okay, I mean... I mean, Psalms, if you look at, if you look at Psalms and David, right? If you look at this, David writes, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Then God said, let there be light. Okay. Now the Psalms takes all Genesis chapter one, right? And and puts it into one verse. (laughs) uh, Psalms 33, nine. See, this is the revival we need. A revival to the Word of God. Fast revelation. What it took Moses to write a whole chapter on. Genesis uses one verse to encapsulate all that God's done. See, we have to start moving quicker. We have to start to have faster understanding. We have to have a pace. And your hunger and your desire for God is, is what drives that revelatory process in you that you want to know more. You have to know more because the culture and the, the age we're living in demands fast. Psalms gives us a quick picture of all of creation right here. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Then he said, let there be light. Boom. It's over. Creation. Genesis 33, 9. Connect that with Genesis 1, 3 and on. And you see the whole thing. Why is this? Why why is a revival to the word and a growling to the word and your necessity to know the word and how it functions together and how it flows together? Because the word of God has to drive your ethos, your ethics you have, it has to drive your behaviors. 
It's an appeal to those things and the convincing of why it's important to obey God. Someone's character or credibility is persuaded by your ethos and your preaching. It's important for you and I to understand that. That as we handle the Word of God, we're growling over the Word of God. We are shaping the next generations and their ethics because of our ethics towards the Word of God. Their pathos, their their passions, their emotional life by us, by us having a good understanding and a good growl and a good and a good um, revival towards the Word of God and a healthy approach to God's Word, a diligent approach to God's Word, if you will, a spadazo a correct spadazo, a correct haga, a correct growl of the word of God, we begin to shape the future of the emotional conditions of our church, the people that we're involved in. That we're not on volume in it. And I know, and I know we're not on pharmaceuticals because we can't handle life anymore. Our pathos, our emotions are steady and strong because we rely upon the word of God. We growl properly. Our mind is sound. We meditate on the word of God. We meditate on the truth of God's word. We don't just, we don't just let our mind be empty. We fill it with meditations of God's word. We think about his precepts and his, and his commandments. We marinate on his, on, on the word of God. We growl mentally over the things of God, over the word of God. And finally, the logos, you know, the, the logic, the word, that's where you get the word logic from is lo, logos, words that mean something, thoughts that mean something, that are reasonable. You can connect the dots, you know, logic, and there's a way of persuading the audience by reason. That's what preaching does. We persuade, we give the evidence, we give the, we give the thoughts, the truths, the principles, it's up to them to decide because it's logical. It's logical. When you look at the resurrection, Paul Paul writes, and, and he says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, he brings them to a logical conclusion. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. He, you know, the first part, the first part of chapter 15, he gives them, he gives them the appearances of Christ, the resurrected Christ. He gives them, you know, that Christ died according to scripture and rose again on the third day according to scripture. And then he was seen by, by you know, four or four, five hundred that are still alive today. Then he was seen by, by the disciples and Peter and James and then last seen by me. And then that, that's the evidence. He gives them the evidence. And then he gives them, then he gives them the logical conclusion. He gives them the logic. Well, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then we're most miserable. But since he did, but since he did, then let's be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Stop crying. Let's get the work done because Jesus rose from the dead. Why is that important for me to bring you here? Because it's logic. It's logical conclusion. If people are broken, they need to be fixed and need to be healed. That's a logical conclusion. But that's what happens when you have a growl in your spirit for a broken humanity, for a broken marriage, for a broken person. You have to have you have to have a growl in your spirit about the word of God because the word of God will give you answers because it's hid in your heart. The the, the places in your heart where you know the truth of God relies, it's instant recall. It instantly comes back to you. You know, I'll close right here. Psalms 42, 1 through 4, again. Because without a growl in your spirit towards the truth of God's word, it's very difficult. 
It's very difficult to be compassionate and to have proper perspectives, proper emotions for a lost, dying, and sometimes even difficult, difficult world, as well as church membership. I like Psalms 42, 1 through 4. It says this, as the deer pants, hagas. See, when the deer is panting for the waters, soul, my soul, pants, that's the growl. That's the growl we're talking about. That's the growl that, that, that Paul is writing to Timothy about. That's the, that's the growl, the panting. Even the deer has it. It's intuitively within. It's intuitively within the animal kingdom to growl when they find something that their heart longs for, needs, pursues. That's the approach to the man and the woman of God. That's what keeps us on fire. That's what keeps us going. It's the fact that we have a growl in our spirit, a pant. So my soul pants after you, oh God. David, David talks about a thirsty soul panting after God. That's that growl. That's that haga. That's that passion for the presence and the word of God. Again, I just wanted to encourage you today to, to don't lose your passion, to find, find that growl for truth. Find the place where the Word of God's hid in your heart. You'll begin to start seeing that your, that your, that your ethos, your, your, your behaviors, your, your, your ethics will begin to shift correctly. You begin to start seeing that your, that your pathos, your emotions begin to start shifting correctly. You begin to stabilize. You're not so high and low. You're even killed because God, God is the God of peace and you're walking in peace and you're not angry all the time. And you're not bitter and upset. And then finally, the logic, the logos, the word, the word becomes, becomes understandable, reasonable to you. You begin to connect the spiritual dots like Jen, like, like we did in Psalms 33.9, that God spoke it and it was, and, and, he, and he established it and it stood still. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't mess with God on those things, on the logic Moses writes. Moses writes the you know a whole chapter on creation, and and David knocks it down in 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 you know one verse. It's logic. First Corinthians fifteen is the argument of logic, the logical conclusion. And so today I leave you. Growl, measure your passion by how quick you run to what God has called you to do. Let your soul pant like the deer pants after its water. So my soul growls and pants for you. God bless you. I pray you'd enjoyed this lesson today. And again, we will talk to you again soon. God bless you and bye-bye.